Hey everybody, Keenan here. Before we kick this episode off, I wanted to give you a little bit of a warning that it turns out we just needed to get some stuff off of our chests with regards to Game of Thrones. So if you have not yet watched it, you don't want things spoiled, or you're just really tired of hearing all of the disappointments surrounding this show, I would highly recommend skipping this episode. Luckily, we have another episode already in the can. We'll release that in about a month, so keep an eye out. We'll be back to our regular programming, but I just wanted to make sure that nobody goes into this blind thinking that we won't talk about anything aside from Game of Thrones for an hour. So if you are ready for that, please proceed. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Let's kick it off. You're listening to Tangentious. I'm Keenan, and I want to talk about Game of Thrones. I'm Klein, and I want to talk about Game of Thrones. And I'm Nate, and I want to talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> See, Nate, something I appreciate about you is that you actually put a little bit of stank on it, whereas <laughs> Klein just kind of like, ah. Uh, Klein, don't you don't stank. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Wait, why is, why is him just taking a, a small beat is that equals a stank? <laughs> there's a, there's some like, dramatic tension, stank. something that Game of Thrones lacked in the last few seasons. Uh-huh. It's because I'm white. So Nate, that, like, that's what it is. Nate knows how to milk it. <laughs> hey, I did it too. Like I'm, I'm so oh, did white. You? I every I'm the time kid you was know. that stank, Nate. This is total. Stank? Yeah, I mean his sure. thing. His thing. Uh, yeah, I'm super stanky. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the. Every time we record, I always forget that Klein has an amazing VR headset apparatus, and every time I see it, (laughs) every every time I see it, I'm amazed. It's so crafty. Yeah, it really is. Like Uh it's 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 something to be admired. There's like there's like a a pulley. There's like a ceiling wasn't like just seven (laughs) feet tall. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So there's there's nothing in a VR game that I can do where I reach up real fast. That doesn't happen. Correct. Yeah, you punch right through the ceiling. <laughs> you hit one of your kids up above you. Like they're sitting down playing <laughs> playing the PlayStation. Uh, yeah, it's impressive. Uh, anyway, so Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Boy, that show sucks. <laughs> Man, that show sucks. I'm I'm rewatching the entirety of it with with Maggie. Whoa, um, whoa! Awesome. Has she we, watched it, or were you she's watching? Never, it by she'd her? never seen it before. Oh yes! Whoa! <laughs> so there's our fresh perspe- perspective. Um, yeah. But we just Dang. finished Battle of the Bastards. Oh, oh wow! Uh, okay, so we you're should, moving. We should. Should we should spoil I mean spoiler horn this just I'm I'm gonna record a little something just to put at the okay. very beginning that right. says this yeah. show's basically shot. Don't watch or don't listen to this one if you care about Game of Thrones that's, or if you don't care. That's what yeah. everyone reviewed Game of Thrones and said this show's basically shot. Um uh-huh. so, yeah. yeah, we we just finished Battle of Bastards tonight. Um we okay. have that final episode, I forget what it's called, of season six. Uh, the I winds of winter encourage her to just not watch anymore. Correctly. Yeah. Nate is correct, I believe. So it is. um so I just stop, maybe. Okay, so I don't know where we start here. Because uh, just a just <laughs> season a quick, six. Is I a would place say to start. I think season seven is enjoyable, while not nearly as good as anything that came before it. I think season, season six is, is amazing. Hot garbage. 
Season yeah. seven yeah. is fine. Season Correct. eight is um, dumpster. But s- episode two, I loved. I loved. In fact, I think it was like top ten episodes in the entire show. Um, but other than that, straight garbage. Straight, straight garbage. Really? You guys are looking at me. Wait. You don't think episode the second episode, not the first one, which was... The second episode is the one where they get sieged by the Night King. Yes? No, that's three. No. The, okay, good. That's two good. is Then the I might be on right, board with your statement. Right before that. So episode two is the one where Sansa and, and Daenerys have that conversation. <laughs> it's where Davos and Gilly have that wonderful interaction with the little girl in the soup line where nobody takes any bread, even though bread is available. I had a real problem with that. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just a very <laughs> That's good the most egregious thing that happened in the show. Absolutely. Uh, it's just a, episode two of season eight is a very, very good sort of, it was like a call. It was like a good callback to like what the best of Game of Thrones was, which like yeah. was very dialogue focused. Um, yeah. Uh, very character focused. But so where do we start this fucking shit Well, ship? so I think this is interesting because you both seem to have a particular fondness for this show extending far beyond mine. Mm-hmm. Fair. Because I, I loved this show from season one through four. Like, yeah. I'd say all the way through four. And it, for me, five is where where things started to feel a little different and then i think six is where the glass shattered mm-hmm. um so i haven't i don't think i've actually truly enjoyed this show <laughs> except from like a few little moments uh since season six or yeah since the like end of season five okay i will say season six like the last two episodes battle of the yeah the last two episodes are fucking great yeah like the battle of the bastards is awesome like don't get me wrong but when they started diverging greatly from the books, that's where things started to fall apart for me. Which was after season five. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting that like you both seem to be pretty much on board. And Klein, I have to just push back a little bit on your assessment of things because I, I will point out really quickly that basically every single time we'd have the little thread for that episode in our you know super secret spoiler Slack channel, uh <laughs> you like we would all be like, okay, what the fuck was that? Like what what was that? This was awful. Like why did they do this? You'd come <laughs> and be like, this episode was great. <laughs> I don't know that I ever said this episode was great. I, I I do think, no. hold on, I, yeah. hold on. Now, I remember explicitly being one of the few who was not a fan of the of the Night King episode. The, I remember, I, yeah, that's the final that's episode. My favorite episode of the season. season. The final episode I thought was was good because I went in with such low expectations. Yeah. And that's, that's something fair. We, we can get to the final episode later, but I, yes. I, I, I definitely was not like yeah. that on every episode. Yeah, no, and I, I super... Um, so screw you, Kenan. Super long, <laughs> long-term follow-up. Uh, I did Kenan's um, spoiler, uh, check out spoilers before you actually see something. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say in that instance, it was great, but I, I was, it's like the opposite. It was, it was something I so was So you read not, the leaks. Right. And so I was not very excited to see it. And so I just read the leaks so that I could get the anger out of the way first. And it That's made fair. the episode way more palatable because the stupid, yep. insane um, plot points were not sort of. You weren't surprised uh, by any of them. Galling. Yeah, I did the I did the exact same thing, and I have to say that I think it did 
improve my enjoyment of the episode. There was so much more that I was paying attention to uh, from like a cinematic point, like like cinematography specifically, mm-hmm. um, and some of the wild effects that they did in some of the combat uh, in. I can't remember. If it, I think it was that episode. Or there wasn't really a lot of combat. The was one before it. Maybe yeah, the seven. The one, the yeah, one seven. It. Okay, yeah. maybe. But either way, I feel like I was able to kind of like, once I realized like, oh, all of this stupid stuff is going to happen. Okay, I'm just going to sit back and just watch then and just like see how this, this like how they handle like these stupid plot points that mm-hmm. they're going to do. Let's, let's roll back and mm-hmm. say that the show has, regardless of how far... It has fallen. There's been a few constants of, of, of really good things. The aesthetic of this show has always been great. Incredible. That's mm-hmm. costume, that's set design, that's scenery, mm-hmm. yeah. that's everything. Sound, it's always been good. Everything, all of it. Sound is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The acting the, has always been great. And this fucking score is amazing. Oh, the like, score's it, amazing. It's, yes. it's unbelievably good. Yeah. Yeah. The score's been great. The acting has been amazing. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the writing is where it suffered. Like that's the only yep. place it's yep. really gone downhill. And unfortunately, that affects so much of the show that it makes it unpalatable. Yeah, I was gonna but say like, <laughs> everything else is stuck with stories, it. The writing yeah. makes makes it. <laughs> it's a kind of important, difference. huh? Yeah, yeah. and well, yeah. and the, the 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 most not the most one of the very frustrating things for me has been, um, as the show has gone on, it it like like you said, it's always had an aesthetic. It's always had a look. It's always sort of done a really great job about with set design and making you feel like you're immersed in that world. And as the seasons went on, they ramped that part up where it got better and better and better. And the story got weaker and weaker, which like made it frustrating because you had like these two sort of like diverging uh, planes on the show. And it was infuriating because like some of the, some of the, um, cinematography and some of the set stuff in this last season has been bonkers. I mean, they built um, a King's Landing, like a, a mini version of King's Landing only to destroy it in that, um, in the episode, the bells. Uh, yep. And it looked <sighs> amazing, uh, but just God damn it. Like the, yeah. <laughs> the, the writing <laughs> was just so bad. I was actually, I was watching this video right before we started recording and it, I, kicked myself as i'm watching this because i wish that i could have had this for like us to just kind of like all watch it's like mm-hmm. a 30 minute video okay. um from this youtube channel called the cosmonaut variety hour are you familiar i have not nope. heard of this this pretty nerdy nasally voiced dude kind of just uh kind of dissects things he typically does videos that like why this movie sucks or why this show sucks and so he does like game of thrones why it sucks and basically talks about its its downfall and and where it started really falling apart and i think he brings up some really excellent points that we would have been able to uh to kind of like latch on to and feed this discussion i'll at the very least put in the show notes and we should watch it regardless but uh he did bring up a really great point is that the more that the like the less creative that they got with the writing and the the less they knew what to do with the writing, the more they distracted with fights, with mm-hmm. scenery, Spectacle. with just like the fluff mm-hmm. to try and di- like distract from the fact that they really didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's why those things got better and <laughs> the writing got worse. Yeah. They just, I mean, I mean because I think, in comparison, I, it was just terrible. Exactly right. And like, I think yeah. that, um, 
writing the end of a show is probably like really hard to do anyway, let alone when they committed to these like two short seasons. Um, it's just like a, a super hard thing to do anyway. Like, I think it would have been hard to do even if they had all the book yeah. material available. I, well, I mean, shows like this, I can't, I can't really name any where people have been satisfied by the ending. So the failure is inevitable in a show this monumental. I mean, it happened with yeah. Lost, it happens with this, it happened with Dexter. Any show that gets this big and widely spread and, and widely loved is set up for failure. But yep. <laughs> that said, there was so much that could have been done to avoid the failure in this season of Game of Thrones. But I would also disagree with that because I think there have been shows that that are big and popular that end well. Like, like I I look at something like Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, that's that the anomaly. Despite for sure. the fact, rare exception, I would say. Right, but or um uh the Americans. It might have not yeah. as been as popular as a little bit more niche, but something that like there it is possible to have endings that like maybe don't go the way that you expected, but can still ultimately feel right like i was talking with katie about this earlier and you know she brought up the the point that like she wasn't really upset with like the plot points of game of thrones like where characters ended up necessarily it's the fact that none of it felt earned correct that, yeah like there yep. were like it was almost just like they were playing chess and you started with the board like kind of st- like laid out as normal and instead of like going through the process of moving your pawns and your rooks and your knights and stuff, you just took your queen and went, smash, I'm going to hit your your king. And yep. you just like, that's like, you reached the end game way too quickly yep. that had no logical weight or like these characters' decisions that happen while like, oh yeah, if you're reading like a bullet point summary of like what I assume George R.R. R. Martin like gave the, the showrunners of saying like, yeah, this happens, this is how it ends up. And so they're kind of like, okay, season five, we have these things in place. How do we get them here? And they just weren't creative enough to so, figure out a way to like get those plots to come together in a logical sense. And I'm, they didn't give themselves nearly enough time. I'm wondering if I'm going to run across more of them, but there were definitely some plot points at the end of game of Thrones in the final episode where they acted as if it had some, it was a motivation of the character the entire time. And I don't remember it being so, but in season six, I guess episode eight, nine, maybe. Um, Arya talks about going west of Westeros. She that her mm-hmm. her desire mm-hmm. after she's all done with her plan is to go west of Westeros, and I I had completely forgotten about that. No, um, mm-hmm. because when she said that in the show, I was like, what? Who? Why is she? A, she's Christopher Columbus all of a sudden. Why, why does she suddenly have this desire? So I'm wondering if there's stuff that I've missed that maybe I mean obviously aren't going to be major story arcs. Or anything yeah. like that, but or something that one of the junior writers or one of the other writers on the staff said, "Hey, here's a loose end we could tie up. Yeah, here it is, and and yeah. handed it to him on a silver platter because obviously they don't know how to cook, so somebody has to give them a finished product for them to make it a good part of the episode. That's right. right. And like so, like an, another example from um, the final episode is uh, the scene where John kills Daenerys and then Drogon like comes up like, "What's going on in here?" and then sort of. Um, people were like, oh, he would have just fried John, but not really, because like there's been multiple mentions throughout the show that dragons are are sometimes smarter than humans. Um, yep. So like uh, the additionally, the, he's Targaryen. 
Right. And so they're implying mm-hmm. that he, that Drogon understands that it wasn't really John that killed Daenerys, right? It was this thirst for the throne, which is why he melts the throne and then takes off. My issue is with things like that, um, are, is not that, uh, they sort of allude to something that they, they've laid out previously, which they've done many times throughout the show. It's that they all of a sudden made this hard pivot towards motif-based storytelling yeah. instead of, like, character building. It, the whole yeah. show yep. was character building, and all of a sudden they were like, we're going to be artistic with this now and yep. tell you these plot points through through the 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 visual side instead of and it, sort of, And if like you the, miss the plot the points, we'll talk to you <laughs> about them weird. afterward in the right. episode recap that we do to explain to the viewers all the right. places that they obviously missed the point. Which, which is not it was a bad. fault of the viewer; it's a fault of the writer. Which Correct. Is a, right. When, like, using, when they like, spend the f- thirty minutes after the video or after the episode to like, explain <laughs> to you what the episode was, yeah. or, or why Daenerys was staring at the Red Keep, mm-hmm. like to give the motivation, that should have been evident in the show, and it wasn't. And that's Correct. That's yeah. a product of, of bad writing. And this is this is the thing for me where it's like I I appreciate some nuance and subtlety in storytelling don't get me wrong like i don't necessarily want every single little tiny thing explained to me and like like i it's not like i need to be like held like my hand held through this entire process like i can read between the lines i can have critical thought but i think the problem was is that there was so much like so much that felt inauthentic that they they hadn't yet gotten the character to where they need to be so it's like i can see the logical endpoint, but because we hadn't seen the actual journey or there were things that were set up that ultimately just kind of like petered out to nothing like i am still just kind of racking my brain over the purpose of the white walkers oh yeah and i Bran. mean that's a different thing i i want to real quick before you go to that subject because that's another hot topic <laughs> uh that i have lots of opinions on uh the the point where that we were just discussing where she's staring at the red keep and they explained it as the motivation being you know she's heard the targaryens had that house taken from them they built it and it was you know that she was looking and thinking about all the wrongs that had happened to her family over time and all that mm-hmm. and how bad cersei was and masande and all that um the viewer only only got that she was mad because of masande and maybe Correct, she yeah. didn't like Cersei because she's blocking the throne from her. But right. it, like like Keenan said, motivation doesn't have to be... It can be unspoken and subtle. Mm-hmm. But on something where it's as big of a plot turn as that, it's a huge character shift in development. I mean, obviously right. it's something they've yeah. been alluding to, but it, right. the motivation behind it is not clear. And that makes it bad. Right. And they, well, they would cross themselves in their own words. Like they would... They explained it that way in like the post uh, episode. And in the previously on, they did an extended cut of, <laughs> added, of Daenerys, like looking at Cersei after she has yeah. um, the mountain behead Masande, where she they they cut in all of these quotes like throughout the show that would have yeah. told you that she was making a pivot towards this sort of Mad Queen character. And so, like, give me that in the show, at least. Like, yeah. they, they didn't even put that in the episode. They put it in the previously on. They yeah. recut scenes to try to add context to Danny's character. And, like, that was actually the first um, previously on I had watched 
since like I would watch them at like episode one of a new season just to refresh my memory. Um, but I never watch those because like I don't want to be prompted for what to expect in the episode. Um, and but so even I if they put I just, that in the recap, if they'd have put that right. in the recap, it would have made it better. Like, but they it like been more contradict acceptable. themselves. Like what Weiss and Benioff say contradicts what they've told us in the previously on. It's insane. It's like just this yeah. sort of like it's in, it's like in, I don't want to go as far as as to say it's insulting. It's their show, not mine. But it is just an absurd sort of oversight to have be told. You know, oh, we we wrote it because of this. It's like, but that contradicts yeah. what you told us an hour ago. Well, and I think like the the Mad Queen thing for me is one of the most disappointing because it is such a cool plot point. Like if that's how that character ended and we had gotten to see like that slow descent and like kind of what like drove her crazy, like what the early show would have done of just kind of like ruminating and showing these things that actually happened to cause her to move in this direction. All of a sudden, like that, that ending like that feels amazing. But the fact that at the beginning of this season, she is basically her normal, like not benevolent ruler, but like sort of like confident, strong, you know, uh, wants to do good for Westeros ruler, and then moves to this sort of like dejected, like, oh, like nobody likes me. I'm super jealous of John and all the praise that he's getting. And then, like, Two episodes later, all of a sudden, she's just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. Let's burn it all to the ground. Like, it just doesn't... There's so they, they they didn't give themselves nearly enough time to to actually, like, explore these things in a, a way that felt authentic. It felt like they were just kind of like, oh, we have this arbitrary stopping point. We know we need to get there. So let's just hit all the basic-ass beats to to make, like, to say, like, oh, we did enough. Like, we did enough to show that this character... There was another. There was another moment that I that I was talking about earlier uh, that I think I had missed when I watched the final episode, but just saw it in the Battle of the Bastards at the beginning of the battle, or at the I don't know second act of Battle of the Bastards, when Daenerys and and her squad defeat the Masters that have sailed in to assault Marine. Um, she said that Tyrion asked what her plan was when she first gets back, and she says, "I'm just going to take the dragons out there. I'm going to burn everything to the ground," and like. There was a there was a long beat, and then Tyrion correct, and Tyrion says you you can't do that, and mm-hmm. so that 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 seed was planted then, and, and they mm-hmm. they I mean they I agree that they could have done a better job, but yeah, I feel so like they, there was they, something there. They've built up Daenerys as needing to be like she needs to be the object of adoration. Like it's clear, like she thrives when she has a following. That's why that like really problematic scene where they lift her up and like crowd surf her at the end of like season three. Like she just (laughs) needs to be like loved. And so I'm okay with like getting to a point where she feels isolated and then her only friend dies and she loses another one of her kids and like, and she makes this turn to like, you know what? No, fuck this city. I'm going to burn all the people here because they're all part of the problem. Right. I, yeah. I I'm fine with that those plot points. It's like Keenan said, all the endpoints for these people are fine. I don't have any problem with any of them. It's that um, you know, my example I keep trotting out there is like we we made the move from da- regular Daenerys to Mad Queen Daenerys in like the same time 
that it took like Catelyn and Rob Stark to figure out how to cross the twins. Like that's yeah. the kind of like long, <laughs> like deep yeah. work the show used yeah. to do where it's yeah. like, we're fucked if we can't cross this bridge and they're going to spend half a season figuring that shit out. And it ends in all of them being murdered. Like that was like a perfect sort of antithesis to what they're doing, what they've done with this last season, which is like, we got to get here. And so in one episode, we're going to do this like check in, like check the box kind of style. Yeah. And episode yes. two was like more conversational. And again, that episode happened to be written by like one well, of the sort of star writers. Yeah. Right. And then three is a battle episode. Four is the aftermath. And then like, there's just not enough time. It's every episode has this entire sort of, this is like major plot arcs to, to, yeah. to handle um, in, where, you know, we used to cover these tiny little incremental things. It takes, where it it takes away like the gravity a, of all the situations. Exactly right. And by the end, I literally didn't care. I mean, when, when Cersei and Jamie die, That's I, what I was gonna say. literally felt nothing. And like, I loved Jamie Lannister as a character. Like, you, loved yeah. him. I, I felt so you, nothing. So you said you are you're fine with you and Keenan have both said and I didn't say by the way uh are fine with how the characters all ended up. I'm not. I mean there there are several characters that I'm not happy with the resolution of their journey. Jamie Lannister. Yeah. They build his bad. character so much, the development is so good for the entirety of the show until the final season when he gets to this pinnacle moment that he's been building to. And immediately turns back. And I get that that can work in that they he has an addiction and it's a problem and that's why he's returning to her because he finally feels love somewhere else and now he's turning back to it because he's scared of it or something. That's fine. Um, but what happens is when he gets there, there's they could have had a long emotional scene where he either he he questions whether or not he should kill her. Where they, you know, they interact for a while and he eventually and, and then eventually falls back in love with her or whatever, returns to her, and and then things crumble on top of him. But yep. because that was, it was nothing. It was just immediately resolved, all the tension that had been between them the whole time. They had been, they'd had tension for a while, and yep. he ran off again. And that yep. just was immediately resolved, and they just went through a catacomb for two minutes, and died without step, stepping to the Totally left. agree. Look, but Clan, I think you're, I think you're kind of agreeing with us here, where it's like you can understand that if they had been able to take the time okay. and kind of show like the journey of addiction, and that's where it ended up, then it's kind of like okay, like you would probably be disappointed. Like it, I was disappointed that Jamie like realized that he was in love with. Bro- First off, I was fucking disappointed that they decided to do the fucking fan service like Brienne and and uh, and Jamie go to bed together sort of crap like it would have been so much more powerful if their friendship was this sort of like deep-seated like understanding and respect for each other like it was bad enough that they they did the knighting fan service bullshit but then they take it a step further and like oh they're gonna fuck uh even if but then, even if it like, were just they had fallen in love and like it it was beyond a friendship but they didn't it, they could have even just not not shown that scene that that part it would have been service. so much more powerful yeah i i actually so much I, I actually so I think that the the them hooking up felt inauthentic, and that yeah. is mm-hmm. that's a real indictment on the on the writers for how long they've been building that relationship. Yeah. It should feel fine. Should have been. Yeah. yeah. But I did actually love like loved the knighting ceremony. Like yeah, I don't know I why it. it got me like super emotional, but like um, they cried. It was just like 
Because it, <laughs> for me, it was classic Jamie of like, eh, fuck it. Like, I, I can yeah. do this. And like, yeah. she deserves it. And it will mean something. Like, he knew it would mean something to her. Like, I really liked the sort of, um, that was the end of that se- that episode that I think was really great, where everybody was just sort of like, "Yeah, it's our last night on Earth. Like, let's bullshit a little." Yeah. Um, yeah. The only part, you know, the only part of that episode that scene was phenomenal. Yeah, the only part of that episode I didn't like was um, uh, the the Gendry Arya thing. I get what they're doing with the character, um, but Arya has. I understand they want to tell the. Um, She's sort of she's a grown up now and she wants to make these grown up decisions. And like, I respect that and I understand that. And Macy Williams apparently was like totally like into that piece of the story. But for me, like for a character who has never been sort of um, they've never presented her in that sort of way. It felt like a weird sort of um, out of place thing. It had nothing to do with their relationship. It was just it just felt weird. That's the only thing I didn't really like. Which yeah. is something that Game of Thrones, that's not if, the right. scene that should make you feel perverse. <laughs> that's like, exactly, right. That's of all exactly the stuff. Right. That's exactly Like, right. I, don't, I don't see that, that the nighting scene and the scene with, like, Brienne and Jamie uh, sleeping together as all that different. Like, the nighting, to me, felt very awkward. It felt like it was just kind of, like, it was being forced in because that was something that they knew had to happen. Like, that was a plot point that that had like it felt like another box to check like uh, that's i think the issue for me like since like season six is that so many of the scenes that happened were felt like checkbox moments where it's just kind of like okay well this needs to happen Achievement so this unlocked. can happen so we're just going to show this yeah exactly and and yeah that's how you tell stories but there's also the sort of like letting these things unfold and i can't remember who said it like it it kills me because there's a tweet that i think initially shattered the glass for me where it was just kind of like game of thrones is just a series of vignettes stitched together of like two people talking in rooms and then another two people talking in rooms where it's like it's like nobody's actually doing anything or like letting the plot unfold it's just kind of like telling you what's going on and then changing the perspective because they have so many fucking plots going on that they have to just kind of like go down to the base level of like all right well these two characters kind of tell you what's going on here now let's switch gears and they're time traveling and teleporting all over the place like the i think one of the last truly powerful moments for me in this show was uh the reveal of hodor yeah the door Uh, like it, I think that was like what season End of six, season episode six? five. Like, it was it was the middle yeah, of season midway. six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those things that like, I, and I think it's because those seeds were planted by George so early on that by the time that happened, it's not like we needed to have six seasons of Hodor, or like Hodor, uh, uh, kind of like developing that character. <laughs> but you start to understand in that moment where it's like, oh shit, like this has been planned all along, mm-hmm. yeah. and there have been. There have been so many things that like it makes so much sense why Hodor was such a loyal servant to Bran uh, and wanted to help him, and that like that happens and it it's so fucking bizarre, mm-hmm. uh, but it it feels so right. And there's because so they took a whole episode to moments. do it. They took a whole episode right. to do that where right. they haven't with also, all these other plot points. But also like 
these sort of like uh, these sort of breadcrumbs and seeds that they're planting throughout. Like you don't have that scene without understanding the sort of character arc of Bran up until that point. Uh, where it all of a sudden like makes sense where like everything like he can go back in time and kind of just wedge these sort of like these ideas like a fucking inception like just plant these ideas in characters heads and essentially break this guy's brain uh and it's it's really compelling and cool fantasy stuff uh but there were so few of those moments because at a certain point like i feel like they didn't have all of the cliffs notes to uh, to understand all these cool little character moments uh, that were planted before. Like, I really want to know, not that I'm going to read the books, but I really want to know once <laughs> they come out, like how George is going to resolve these things in a way that would likely feel a lot better because he's such a, a master of like plotting this shit out. I want to take this opportunity for us to just get right into it with Bran. Because <laughs> he is the chief reason that I don't like the final episode. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. And, and, and he's the one that you will not get me to change and come around to your side on about his ending. I despise no, no, no. So his ending. Let, I despise let me, his character. Let me clarify. Let, let me I hate clarify everything about thing. that. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to say... I wish he had died when he got shoved out I that did. window. Yes. I, don't mean, I don't mean to say... I like all of the places yeah. the folks ended. I just exactly they're I'm logical. I'm, I don't necessarily like them at all. Like I I, I don't like how they ended. Um, uh, I mean, I think unfortunately, like of the random like chief lords and ladies that they had, like Bran is probably actually the most logical choice, which is really yeah. saying something about the rest of them. Um, Although I would have really loved to see you the have dopey to kid. Sansa because like Sansa's not interested. Um, Arya's yeah. not interested. Sansa's not interested. Not in ruling she the whole rule kingdom. The I, I think really? she. I kind of got the vibe. I, I got she the was. vibe that like she's a true Northerner at this point, and like wants yeah. to be in Winterfell. Now, if they were like, "Hey, you can run the kingdom from Winterfell," maybe she'd right. be into it. Um, but and okay, so let's just. We're going to wave off all of the <laughs> earlier bullshit from Bran. In, in his sort of endgame, he sucks, right? He yeah. should have known that Danny was going to burn this whole city to the ground. He did. Including millions of Why women Why do you think he came children. all this way? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that line. So this is the frustrating thing for me. The most frustrating thing about this season is the one single line they would like weave into so many scenes that were completely out of character for so many of these characters. I fucking hate Bran's character. I think he is the worst, most useless exposition machine I've ever seen in a TV show. But for him to say, why do you think I came all this way? After literally explaining three episodes that he no longer wants at yeah. all. Yeah. Like he doesn't feel the need I'm to I'm something want else anything. now. He's not um, Bran anymore. It He's is something else. Such horseshit. Like it's so <laughs> it's so lazy. Um well, yeah. the fact that his, his his whole temperament changes. He's this mm-hmm. he's this uh, ethereal whim, uh, wise being and then all of a sudden like literally with that turn of line, with that one line, he's suddenly a smug kid in a wheelchair again. Like it, yep. it was like 
Why do you think I came all this way? And then a smug grin from this guy who's not made a facial expression in two seasons. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> Bran wasn't even in an entire season of this show. Like, there was a whole... I don't no. remember which season it was, but was it four? Four. Was he was just gone. Four? That's why he four was, was just great. not there. Like, he was just not included in the story at all. And, like, for him to end up um, ruling Westeros from seemingly a very nicely rebuilt castle in a number of weeks um, <laughs> is just so stupid. And, and like... So, okay. So, um, Bran is king, and he names Tyrion Hand. Tyrion hadn't made a good decision in three seasons, like literally three seasons from the, from the time he shot Tywin with the crossbow. I don't think he's made a single good decision. I love his character. I, I think um, he, he, Peter Dinklage's acting was like unbelievable at times, yeah. Yeah. but as a, as a character moving the plot forward, he made no good choices. Um, but so like, he's not the most, he's, uh, they just made all these sort of like fan service choices. Um, oh, they're going to hate Bran. Let's make him king. Oh, but they'll want Tyrion. That'll soften the blow. Oh, we'll make Brienne the head of the Kingsguard. Oh, we'll make Pod a sir. Oh, we'll make fucking Sam Grand Maester, even though he's had like a total of like 16 hours of Maester training. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? (laughs) What is this? the the thing is they what they did is the the ending resolution for every one of these characters was the ending resolution for these characters that everyone wanted at the end of season 5 or 6 mm-hmm. when at the end of the source material that's that's the end goal that everybody wanted for these characters unfortunately there's two and a half seasons or so in between this and that point <laughs> where where they've managed to completely just screw wild. these characters like like you said Tyrion's not made a good decision he's he was supposed to be the wisest guy in in the land but they've written mm-hmm. it to where all of his decisions have failed all of his military implications are terrible all of his his guidance is awful uh and then they go back to like oh yeah remember he's super wise he should be handed the king again like yeah, that it's like they, they just give nope. us the fan service that was what we wanted when they stopped writing good material yeah. whoa we have to yeah. kill Varys. has to be dead because melisandre three to a couple seasons ago or last season whatever it was season six or seven said oh we're both here to die we're gonna die in westeros you know that and then all right so we have to kill Varys off so let's have him do a treason out in public and just be asking people as they pass him by <laughs> hey you want to do a treason with me no all right cool <laughs> hey john you want to do a treason with me no all right <laughs> Yeah. Varys is Donald Trump Jr. in the most <laughs> the unsubtle <laughs> like the least subtle possible way and it's just like what are you doing like when have you ever acted like this this is Varys, not you buddy a little a little six-year-old girl comes in his room and he says uh did she eat and he's she says no she wasn't hungry. And he says, no, no, the poison. The poison. Did you put the poison in her food? Did she eat the poison? The poison. Did you the try to poison, poison that was meant for Daenerys? Right. Queen, we'll try again the queen? tomorrow. Did you kill the queen with the poison that I put in your food? Oh, don't forget. Don't tell anybody about this. All right. See you later. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so makes bad. no sense. He's the sm- he is yeah. literally the smartest character in the entire show and the most The savvy. Master of Whispers. Oh, and oh, then oh at the speaking end, of the just... Master of Whispers. Bran knows everything and they need a Master of Whispers? <laughs> I, this is not an original take. Yeah. I'm aware, but really, did, yeah. yeah. Of did which, you guys see of the, which they can't you find the... one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Brand's like, "Well, get on that shit because I need that." 
Uh, did you guys see the thing that I that I linked that theory about the three eyed raven? I saw linked it, but didn't where have time in to Slack. Yeah, I linked it in Slack. So I'll I'll run down somebody some uh, some Twitter person uh, tweeted a conversation that they had with their sister. Um, her sister was like, "Okay, think about this: the three eyed raven." Uh, or uh, Bran at the end of the show was essentially the three eyed raven, which uh, like. Uh, basically took over his body as a host and so has been uh uh, like working its way into a position of power where it can essentially live uh immortal or at least for thousands of years without dying in that host body uh so it was essentially like positing that the end game uh, of the three-eyed raven was the fact that it knew how everything was going to play out in certain ways. So that's why Bran like didn't tell anybody all these important, like really important things uh, because he, he could essentially see like, Oh, if we do this, 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 and this, I'll end up on the throne. I'm the three-eyed raven, the sort of parasitic like <laughs> creature that <laughs> wants, like that knows all and has all of this information. And, and once like you basically put it in like the highest position of power in the land. So it was like almost this sort of subversive tactic of this like parasitic, like mythical, magical creature of saying like, aha, now I roll over men, uh, which well, I just thought was a, a really interesting years. take on it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. because he's an immortal yeah. being basically and the host body lives forever, he'd be reigning for a thousand years. I, I yeah. want, I want that to be true. Yeah. It's a hundred percent not what they wrote though. And not what they intended. Totally, totally, totally. But, but, I but here's the true. great thing That's about this. Now. It, because, because they didn't say like, there were so many points of the show where they kind of like, delivered on the fan service bullshit that they mm-hmm. like there were so many moments where it's like oh like this will be nice like this is open for interpretation and then they do something where it's like oh nope you can't interpret it that way anymore but i will say that like one thing that i don't think they accounted for in this was just kind of like this sort of like parasite vision of the three-eyed raven where it's not like they didn't say it <laughs> bran at one point <laughs> did say like i'm not bran anymore i'm something else yeah. like he cl- very clearly or like why do you think i came all this way that's kind of the three-eyed raven winking one of its eyes going like oh ha, 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 see I yeah, yeah, yeah. how about yeah, those yeah, dead yeah. civilians like, huh <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like it's one of those things that yes i like in my heart of hearts i don't believe that <laughs> that either of uh, uh either david and whatever uh yeah dnd uh were clever enough to think of that like it's too off the wall but because it's not there like it's open for interpretation mm-hmm. now and so like headcanon or not there's you can't say that it's not the case yeah. Yeah. because they That's didn't true. explicitly come out and say like nope <laughs> and they did do that with a lot of shit yeah true you know um Oddly, what <laughs> sticks with me as bothering me from this episode is the fact that... The episode fucking, of the show that we're recording or, or season eight? No, season eight. The finale. Uh, episode <laughs> six. Um, fucking John, when he goes... First of all, how fucking dumb are you to get sent to the wall or you volunteer to go to the wall, die at the wall fucking get brought back to life so you're like fuck it i'm out of here and then you are stupid enough to get sent the fuck back to the wall by your own brother like you dumb shit so okay but wait that's not what it is what bothered me is when he's the scene at the wall when they lift the gate which is a callback to like the first scene of the first episode when the gate's raising yeah he goes through 
he's got his fucking episode two wall hairdo again instead of his like pulled back ponytail yeah he has his hair down and i'm just like this is like a fucking this is a perfect example of the dumb shit this show has done this season where they are like calling back to look it's john from episode two his hair is different it's just like, stop <laughs> fucking patronizing me. Like, just yeah. tell me a story. Stop giving it's me motifs. Like, so they it's made like the George motif. Lucas yeah. in the prequels. Like, just trying to explain all these little idiot yeah, things. We're just kind of like, I don't boxes. give a fuck about midi-chlorians. Just like, stop trying to put, like, don't give me explanations for this. Stop calling attention to these things. This like, whole just season, tell the fucking story. this whole season with very few exceptions in the second episode are fucking it's an eight episode or six episodes of midichlorians that's what the fuck it is yeah. they're either explaining the wrong thing or they're resolving <laughs> something the wrong way like yeah. so when the night watch cool i get it that's where he probably is going to end back up that makes sense but what is it now for what? So half what the wall's gone. With their big gaping anus he, hole well, at the end of the op- wall, like what are they? He opens the gate. It's all wildlings. <laughs> There's no night watch anymore. What's happening? Like I, I don't understand um, what the purpose of the night's watch is. I don't understand who's living in King's Landing because <laughs> yep. it's like four Dothraki and like yeah. and Bran and and the and the small council. Um, uh, That's another thing. They sent all the Dothraki out in the what third episode? Sent all the Dothraki out. They all died. Yeah. A and couple now of suddenly them survived. It, they say in the. It wasn't even post- a couple. It was like it was like three hundred. Right in the in the post um, post show they I oh think, the thing where I they explain they all their to, bad writing. They're not all dead. So, okay, great. <laughs> right. All right, great. all right, great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. You did this amazing visual thing, which I've never seen in any kind of battle scene before. <laughs> Where you see this mm-hmm. horde of torches just slowly get snuffed out. Um, it was so good, so good. good. And then episode. you fucking ruin it because you're just like, well, they're not, they're not all dead. Some, some were fine. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. But how do we, how do we possibly know that? Yep. Um, why do you, why do you dig a trench that is exactly one foot wide around the castle so that zombies can literally lay down over it and create a zombie bridge that that other zombies can then walk over? Okay. In fairness, like we, that at this point, I'd say that that's kind of nitpicky stuff where it's like, we don't really necessarily know how much time they had to prepare and all the other shit that they were doing in preparation of this. But they so, like, drove, I'm they willing to a let trench around the entirety of Winterfell. I am, <laughs> right, but I'm, I'm willing to let that slide where they're kind of like, okay, is this going to be a 10-minute Spider-Man or a one-minute Spider-Man? Like, we just kind of have to, like, we have to just do our best in this, this with this trench. So, like, right. this will stop a few of them. And they, they probably didn't even understand just how fucked they were but really quickly knowing that we're running out of time the fucking white walkers make no sense the the white walkers have the same weight on the story as john being a targaryen well so john being a targaryen i think arguably led to danny setting fire to king's landing because she was so insecure about yeah him I mean, it's a stretch. Don't get me wrong. And that his- would have been great watching that over the course of a season. <laughs> <laughs> like that, right. it could have, That's it right. could have yeah. made a difference, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think the night they had I think an the- entire fucking what? How many fucking seasons did yeah. we see the White Walkers looming, and then they, yeah. they were dispatched at 
at uh at Winterfell in an episode and like again this kind of comes back to the idea of like I don't necessarily need to be told everything like I'm, I'm I appreciate subtlety and storytelling but these the the white walkers themselves had no purpose nope it, it know, honestly the time that and like I'm actually I'm fine with that but it would have been what what makes me mad about it is what they put after the end of the army of the dead was all horseshit. Like, so like if it would have been more interesting, they could have told a more interesting story. If like, maybe they can't defeat the army. So they have to like retreat via water, like to Dragonstone or to the iron islands. And then like, what does Westeros look like when it's infested with, with sort of like, uh, the walking dead, right? Like, um, and you can tell some interesting sort of closing episodes around that, but instead they do this, I was like all about like Arya killing the Night King. I thought was great. Yeah. The problem same. is everything that fucking came after it was stupid. That's what is yeah. annoying. Um, there was no, yeah. it was not like oh cool the army of the dead's gone now we can really like resolve this they, sort of conflict in spent, Westeros. Yeah. They could have spent an entire season eating the Walking Dead's lunch and showing mm-hmm. them how to make a zombie show because Walking Dead forgot around season three. Yep. They could have done that for an entire season and it would have been. Yep. Amazing, and it would have mm-hmm. well. And the mm, just so much. It's so annoying that the that they were played up to be this like massive threat. And like I saw uh, Nate. I don't know if it was you or what, but somebody described this out of like kind of like how it was handled, like Snoke in uh in the new yeah. Star Wars trilogy, yeah, yeah. where yeah. like Snoke was played up to be this big bad thing who was just suddenly. Uh, fuck spoilers for Last Jedi, <laughs> but like who was just suddenly. Out of the picture, yeah. Um, and and I I see that, but at the same time, like Snoke also was left intentionally vague, and we saw glimpses of it, but like sort of like that that sort of a master uh, apprentice relationship with him and Kylo was a motivating factor for Kylo. I don't know what the purpose the White Walkers serve at this point because they were they were played up as sort of this like world ending force. And then they were destroyed at Winterfell. So the only people that really know that that happened were the people who are at Winterfell. So that doesn't affect anybody else in Westeros. Nobody understands like, why does the wall even exist in the first place? Like it, it like, it feels like something that like there was a cool idea there, but George didn't really have an ending for that in mind. So there's kind of like, okay, well we'll just fucking kill him and that'll be done. And that's, I think it kind of like, there are some instances where like death in game of thrones early on used to be like used to have some weight behind it when characters died devastating yeah yeah and i think the purpose of that was that or the reason why that happened was because there was always some sort of transfer of power like i think about ned stark where we're kind of like in the first season of of that of the show where we're kind of like Oh, Ned's a great guy. He's noble. He stands for what's right. Like he's n- he's not perfect, but like we can get behind him. Yeah. And the fact that he's killed by Joffrey all of mm-hmm. a sudden like transfers all of that love we had for Neck uh, Ned into hatred for Joffrey. We're all of a sudden like yep. this fucking kid. And then Joffrey dies, and it's unexpected. We like you expect him to kind of be the tyrant, the villain, and but then we realize like oh no, it was what's her bucket you know, Marjorie's mom, mm-hmm. uh, grandma. who grandma, whatever, uh, who 
basically made that happen. And all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh shit, like that power has transferred to her. Like we should watch out for her. Like what's going on with her? Yeah. Same thing with Cersei, uh, Cersei killing, like blowing up the fucking chapel with mm-hmm. Marjorie in there or the Red Wedding where like these things happen where it's like, there, there are these momentous transfers of power, and like that, that weight continues on. So it ke- continues to drive the the plot forward and develop new characters in interesting ways. What happened? Like, why? What do we care? Uh, like, what happened with Arya after killing the Night King? Nothing. People lauded her, and then she disappeared. Exactly. Like nothing happened, and there was no like there was no additional like character uh trait or development or anything that came from that right and there were so many of those moments where it's like death was just kind of like oh well people have died in game of thrones before so we have to kill some people and it just felt like it it was death without anything and this is the problem there was no like the thing with Arya, i totally agree they didn't there was no further development but like she had three episodes left like she killed the night king and there were three episodes like what the fuck like there's no it just yeah I just don't, I think the thing I just don't understand is why, I understand they're working on a Star Wars movie, I understand they're working on whatever other shit for HBO, but it's infuriating and really like, I feel like a disservice to their own legacy to have rushed through, because say what you want about seasons six and seven, like season six and seven have some of the greatest moments in the show. Yes. Collectively, there's, it's a lot, it's a lot different in tone. It's a lot lazier in in terms of storytelling, but it still was very clearly Game of Thrones. This is almost like, you know, we fast forwarded 10 years in our time and someone came back and tried to write the end of Game of Thrones. And with like all new staff, all new people, all new. Yeah. It's it's almost yep. like a clone show. Another frustrating point for me is in the shows that didn't land their finales very well that I loved. Like I'm hitter. I'm like fifty fifty on the way Mad Men closed, but I think that's one of the best shows that's ever been written. The Wire did not land it. Did not land very well. Dexter was terrible <laughs> at, in its finale. Um, but Game of Thrones literally. In its most expensive, most expansive in terms of budget and scope um, season of the show was just a terrible season as like a whole, which is just frustrating. It wasn't like a bad finale and it was like, well, damn, the finale sucked, but like at least we got all this other cool shit in the season. Like, yeah, um, like, yeah, there's cool visuals and there was we've talked about that earlier, but from a narrative storytelling perspective, it is an awful last season of the show, Oh yeah, which is just so frustrating when you think about this really is one of the most, I mean, monumental moments in television at at this series. And one of the most important, because I think it completely changed um, what viewers um, like it, it raised the level of, intelligence a viewer has to have and I, and I don't mean to say that like only smart people can watch this i mean anybody watching this show you start to hone your skills in like looking for details and like mm-hmm. understanding yep. character motivations and it did all this incredible stuff and to close it out this way fan i mean it is universally panned there's like nobody out there um even people that are like suffering from cognitive dissonance or like think that some of these episodes were good like nobody liked the finale 
And so I, I can't yeah. believe that the writers like this finale. Like they have to have just felt, yeah. felt pressure to close it out. Sure. Yeah. To my, I know we're running low on time. To my first point, we made this episode. Shows like this have a hard time sticking the landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just never going to go well. And I think that that has led to the rise of, and I think will continue, especially after Game of Thrones failed so spectacularly, will lead to the rise of more shows where the ending is already determined. Where they say, we have Mm. four seasons of Mm. content, we will not make Mm -hmm. more than four seasons, the story will be resolved in season four. Like We have the whole story laid out already. There are so many of those shows that are coming out lately. And and I think that's only going to be a trend that continues to go upward. Especially when we've got... Um, stuff like uh, Disney Plus has a bunch of, of sagas that are going to be mm-hmm. tying into other universes, which means they've got a definite end. Like there's a Loki show. He's got a definite end. Mm-hmm. Like that that right. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. I think of that. And, and I'm, I'm, I look forward to it. For me, I, I, um, I think, oh my God, I had something and I completely lost it. Motherfuck. Nah. Well, um, I'll, 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 Think about oh, it. I, I th- yeah, I got it. Go Shut up, Nate. For me, like I think <laughs> hush, the, hush. Something that this also, uh, I think we see a lot of now is this sort of like weird ownership that fans feel over mm. the content. Like I think sure when shows don't stick the landing, yeah, like, I think if it feels inauthentic, like, where it's like, why did this even happen? Mm -hmm. That's perfectly relevant, but I think it's, it's, like, we also want to be wary of people who are just kind of like, I don't like what this character did, and it's like, okay, like, yeah, Yeah. if, like, you have to separate what you wanted from, like, what the creator decided. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not up to the creator to pander to you and your desires and your needs. Like, they're trying to tell a complete story. And so, like, I have a difficult time faulting certain shows when they, uh, or, like, movies or books or whatever, when they they don't end the way that I expect or characters do things where I'm just kind of like, oh, like, they shouldn't have done that. But it's like, well, they did, though. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say that they shouldn't have done that when they did do that, but it. I think it's excellent point. The problem with something like Game of Thrones uh, is it's it feels like all of the things that happen, like none of the things that led up to that made any sense. Yeah, uh, where like there there just wasn't there wasn't any sort of like craft put into like the actual development of the plot. Yep. Uh, so like it's and so like I think there's a twofold thing here where like. People are upset that the show didn't end like they wanted it to. Like characters didn't end up the way that they wanted. And then also the fact that the writing was just atrocious. That it, so none bad. of it made sense. Like it, did, it never, none of it felt earned at all. Yeah. So bad. Um, okay. Yeah. Nate, you were going to say something. Uh, I don't really remember, but um, I'm just <laughs> thinking like, so we're, we're all, are the three of us Breaking Bad fans? No spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No spoilers, but Breaking Bad is one of I, my favorite shows yeah, ever. I think it it's the exception to the rule. It landed the yeah. ending perfectly. I, I think everybody should watch it. It's absolutely spectacular. But I, ironically, or not ironically, but oddly, Game of Thrones. Literally during the finale, I started thinking about Breaking Bad because I used to listen to the Breaking Bad Insider podcast, where like Vince Gilligan and the crew would sort of break down every episode and give you a little like cool inside sort of here's some production stuff and blah, 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 blah. They never knew where they were going. So like they, they, they wrote a season and then when they would move to the next season, 
they would write and and like what they wrote in the beginning of the season was not necessarily like they didn't know where they were going to end and so it really just like um accentuates like how amazing like i kept thinking like those guys are fucking geniuses because like yeah. in in that final season there is so much stuff that happens and when they wrote episode 1 which i again no spoilers but there's like stuff in that connects to the last episode of the show um in in that final season and they had no fucking idea where they were going but they yeah, somehow right. like landed the plane perfectly and so yeah. it can be done and i hope more people sort of or more showrunners sort of just try to be thoughtful about right um how they're going to end their show cuz this was like well, a clinic in how not to do it <laughs> well and th- to be fair like there are two like very distinct styles of writing long form things out where you're either writing by the seat of your pants or you're plotting things out uh and i think the problem was is that you have something like uh, Game of Thrones, which felt for the longest time like it was plotted, then being written by the seat of their pants, uh, where like they had this sort of thing that they knew they could latch onto initially when they're adapting this, but then it turned into okay, well, we kind of know where it needs to go, but we don't really know how to get there artfully. Mm-hmm. Like it's they didn't understand the characters enough. Whereas somebody like Vince Gilligan uh, is uh, like the writers for breaking bad understood the characters walt and jesse uh and and skylar like they they knew them well enough to where like they could give them their little their their moments and do things that continue to make sense it also helps that like it wasn't as epic and grand in scope spanning like sure. you know an entire continent like <clears throat> no, definitely they had some things that the, to work in but i think they also understood like their their limitations and worked to their strengths there right and where they knew like, what those like, characters would do in those moments so when they wrote yeah, themselves right. into corners they would know how the characters would react and i think that right. was these showrunners for game of thrones problem is they're not George R. R. Martin. So they don't yeah. they they never really got a grip on what those characters would do in those moments. Bummer. Bumsky. I have one Bumsky. more point to make. One more point. One to last make. point. Klein, bring us home. My last point is uh thanks to DJ Prospero for the use of our theme song, <laughs> A Future So Vast and So Quiet, off of the album oh, Sloppiness is a Virtue. Yes. Rap Air Horns. Nailed it, buddy. Okay. Nailed it. Good job. <laughs> yeah, this is a good little venting session. Uh, I think we all needed this. <laughs> so, yep. Good and times. like, feel free to like at me. At I'm not going to offer up everybody, but at me on Twitter if you have Game of Thrones hot takes. Because um, I've already I've already done the theme song thing. We're done. It's not. You're you're just yeah. talking to us now. It's you're not yeah. Talking at this to, point, we're just. He's turned off uh, your mic. You're not broadcasting to the public. Don't worry, Nate. I'll put this in there. I'm, I'll, I'll mute Klein. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, that was good. I am. I'm gonna stop recording now for sure. Yeah. You know what my, uh, you want to hear my conspiracy theory about the uh, freestyle machines? If we say no, should we record our introductions? Yes. Mm.
Yes, I do want to hear. <laughs> okay, cool. No introductions then. 